0: die He might give eternal life
1: that I might live
0: Then rose again
1: How Welcome to Yankee be? Arnold Ministries. West Waters Avenue, Suite 316, Tampa, Florida 33634. Feel free to send Dr. Arnold your questions or comments to yankee at yankeearnold.com and he will respond as quickly as possible. Now, here is Dr. Arnold with today's message. For Jesus saved
0: my soul
1: that night.
0: This the whole book is on the focus darkness. on fellowship. In other words, you and God getting along. Into you ever life. seen people you can't get along with? That's what God said about you. He said everything he's done for you, you still can't get along with him. But it's kind of like this. Have you ever told your mom and dad when you was a kid, well, if you love me, you would let me go. If you love me, you would let me have what I want. If you love me, you would let me date this boy or this girl. If you love me. And we always, you know, put that in there, if you love me. And, of course, when you get married, that doesn't change. You know, if, if you really love me. In your notes, it's talking about true fellowship. is true love. Now, we mentioned the other night about how that God gave the law, and nobody can keep the law. Because the law says, thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, mind, body, soul, and strength. And nobody does Because we're too in love with the world, too in love with ourselves. Uh, We just love to have our own way. We're rebellious. It's a sinful nature that we have. We were born that way with this old sinful nature. Adam and Eve really messed us up good, didn't they? I mean, if it hadn't been for Adam and Eve, just think how wonderful I would have been. It was not my fault. (laughs) Somebody said, well, I didn't ask to be born. I don't know anybody that did. I didn't ask to be born, but here we are. And uh, isn't it wonderful that we've had a chance to live life? And uh, God could have, I guess, kept us from being born. But I'm, I'm glad that I was born. But anyway, in the book of 1 John chapter 2, you got your Bible open to 1 John chapter 2? Look there in verse 5. In verse 5 it says, But whoso keepeth his word in him, verily is the love of God perfected. Hereby know that we are in him. Now, when you trusted Christ as your Savior, God gave you as a free gift, everlasting life, you became his child. And you are his child forever. So you're there. Now the Lord's talking about, I want you to love me. And he said, I want my love to be perfected in you. In other words, God said, I want you to love like I do. Because we're so used to loving the way we want to love. And uh, God has a way that he wants us to love. And he says, now if you love me, this is what I want you to do. Keep my commandments. So you prove that you love the Lord by obeying the Lord. So there's a lot of things he says. And these verses that we're going to look at is not talking about how to get to heaven. We don't have to love God to go to heaven. That's what blows most people's mind. But you don't. We're going to heaven because God so loved the world. God loves us. And he made a payment on the cross for all of our sins. And the only thing we have to do is to believe that he did it for us. He gives us eternal life as a gift, and we go to heaven. So hold your place right here, because we're going to look at a few other scriptures. But I want you to take your Bible and turn to the book of James. Now, James is just a couple pages to your left. Just a couple pages to your left. You'll come across First and Second Peter. Then you'll find there's the book of James. Just a couple of pages. If you see Hebrews, you went too far. In James chapter 1, I want you to look there at this verse. Look in verse 2. Now we know we're talking to believers, those who know Christ as Savior. He says, my brethren, count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations. That means various kinds of testings and so on. It's like I've said before, if I gave my wife... You know, a million dollars and say, honey, go to the store and buy anything you want. Now, she'd be happy, right? But then she finds out there's no stores. We're on a deserted island. I gave her a million dollars. There's no place to spend it. You're talking about frustration. We'll just move right along. All right, so look here in James chapter 1. And in verse 2, he talks about to the brethren and... Be thankful that you have a lot of places to spend your wisdom. You see, God wants to give us his wisdom, but you've got to have a place to spend it. So he gives us problems, and those problems is to reveal to you how wise you are, how smart you are. Because everybody makes decisions every day of their life. And so it boils down to this. If you are so smart, if you are as smart as you want people to think you are, you'll reveal that by the decisions you make. Have you ever seen somebody who thinks they're really smart and they make the dumbest decisions? Sometimes parents feel that way about their kids. Oh, because they can't see. Why don't you see how foolish it is? That guy is not the guy for you. He's a bum. And then she remembers. Yeah, mom, you married one. But it's different. It's different for us. Now look at the next verse. Look in verse three. Verse three. Knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience. In other words, there's another verse in the book of uh, Romans in chapter 5 that talks about tribulation worketh patience. In other words, tribulations, problems that you have, are opportunities to reveal to you you don't know something. That's why it's a problem. That's why it's a trouble. You see, every one of us needs to understand, if people didn't have problems, nobody would have a job. Because your job is helping somebody else who has a problem. They need somebody to do this job. So everybody's got problems. And so you're just trying to figure out what is my value? What will somebody pay you to help do that particular job? And so that's what you do. Now look in verse 4. But let patient have her perfect work, that you may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. That means maturity, toward maturity and complete. So here you are, you're a child of God. So God is going to use problems in your life to drive you to the Lord, to drive you to the Word, because you don't know how to solve everything, you don't know everything, but God does. And so he wants his children to come to him because he got some things he wants to teach you. Just like when you're born into this world, your mom and dad want to teach you some things. Well, there's God in heaven, and you're his child, and so God wants to teach you some things. So God has a way of doing that. And so sometimes he tries to teach the children through the parents. And sometimes that don't go off so good. <laughs> because sometimes the parents are the worst examples in the world. And that's why they no, we've got kids that don't know right from wrong. They don't have a clue what to do. And the Bible said it's not within man that walketh to direct his steps. So everybody needs help. So now you look at this verse. He says, and let it have its perfect work. In other words, now it's to bring you to maturity. God wants to teach you how to love the way he loves. See, the only reason we're going to heaven is because God so loved the world. How do you know he loves the world? What is the one thing that he did that proved to us that he loves us? He died on the cross and paid for the sins of the world. God so loved the world that he, he gave so, love is giving. It's not always just receiving, it's learning to give. And this is why sometimes boy meets girl, you know. And you, somewhere along the line, you've got to explain things to the, the kids. Um, so, boy meets girl and says, I want you. And here's three reasons why. Now, a girl usually likes to be won, she wants to be wooed. In other words, you've got to do the courting game you got to bring her flowers and chocolates, things like that. In other words, she wants you to spend some money on her. They want you, you got to give her something. Because the giving is your way of saying, I love you. And so there's this giving part. But God wants to teach us how to really love. You see, our love is really warped in our minds. We don't love correctly. We don't perceive things the way things really are. We have a human perspective instead of a divine perspective seeing the way God sees things and so that's why we need those things to learn so now in the book of first John in chapter 2 he wants to perfect your love and perfecting your love is growing you toward maturity because without love you don't grow toward maturity you can learn knowledge but knowledge puffeth up it makes you proud of what you know look at me I am so smart <laughs> Well, you're not as smart as you think you are. But whenever you love, then love edifies. Love edifies the other person. Tries to build them up and adds to what's there. And so that's why God says, husbands, love your wives. We're supposed to love our children. But what about if they don't do things that are very lovable? Well, here's God who is perfect. And here's all these people on planet Earth. Did we always do all the things that make God love us because we were so lovable have you seen little puppies that are so lovable, all little furry and just cuddle up on you, and they would get it all in your face, and they just love you to death, and then they grow up to be a dog, and it's just like kids. Sometimes you know that little kid they bring him home from the hospital, all a darling little thing, little sweet little angel, never do anything wrong. Ooh. and then they grow up to be adults. But that's just the way it goes. So God says, now I want to teach you how to love. And that's why these notes here are very good. I want you to look in your notes here real quick. Number one, the child of God who walks with the Lord is to continually mature until he loves. The love of God is perfected in his life. So God is wanting to teach you how to love properly. So he will tell you now there's some things that I don't want you to love. And there's some things that I do want you to love. And so you need to know the difference, and there's a reason why. Um, There's a, for example, there's a hot stove. And if you love your child, you try to tell them, you know, hot. And you don't touch, hot. But now you know and I know that a kid, you don't know what you're talking about. I can do anything I want to do. As soon as you're not looking, now you can learn the hard way. Or you can learn to obey. When it comes to the Lord, God says, Now don't do that. Like He says, flee fornication. That doesn't mean run toward it. Flee means run because of your youthful lust, the desires that you have. And just because people have the desire, they say they gotta have sex in order to prove they love each other, when it's just the opposite. It's lust, not love. True love wants the best for the other person. And because you love, that love keeps you from fulfilling the lust. And if you don't know the difference, you're going to be in a heap of trouble, boy. And so a boy many times will tell the girl, I love you. Oh, he loves me. Now, I got to give him something because he loves me. Now, a boy will tell you that he loves you in order to get what he wants. And the girl will give him what he wants because she wants to... Be loved. See, God is the one who loves us, and that's why everybody born wants to be loved and they want to love. You get tired of hearing it just mother and father because they have to love me. I'm their kid. So you want somebody else to love you. So you gotta look and see now how do I determine which one? And so I I got a glass of water here, and I got a glass of water here, and the boys got his glass, and the girls got her glass, and they meet each other. I love you, woo! And they throw all the water, they went all my love. But you see, they don't know how to replenish the love, and they don't know how to share the love, and so it's a hit and miss, and therefore many become disillusioned. They expected this, and they got this, and so this expectancy, leaves them totally empty. And so they, okay, that didn't work with him. I'll try another one. And then I'll try another one. That's why this one man says, I'm going to be a farmer, because I want to be outstanding in my field. Well, that's what it did. Now, look there in your notes here. I want you to look at some of these verses here. Letter A there, in the little box that I drew there. 1 John 2, 5 tells us that the love of God, fellowship with the Father, is perfected by Whosoever, whoever, obeys His word. So you see, if I want to prove to God that I love Him, then I am to obey Him. So God says, "This is how you show me that you love me by what you do for me. But I'm going to tell you what I want you to do. And so He lays it out, and that's why you study the word of God. Remember this: The Bible is God's love letter to His children. And so when you read the Bible, God is going to talk to you, and He's going to reveal things. And so sometimes he reveals things in your life that you're doing that's wrong. And God knows that's going to hurt you. God doesn't want you to do anything that's going to hurt you. So when God says, don't do this and don't go there and don't use that kind of language and watch your testimony, because God says, that's going to hurt you. That's going to hurt your testimony. That's going to hurt your, your walk with God. And so God tells us in the word, these things are going to hurt you. Now, he doesn't tell us those things. Because he's mad at us. That he wants to get us. Just keep me from having fun. Now God knows what's going to hurt your life. And that's why he tells us things in his word. Now don't love this because that's going to hurt you. And he does make that statement. But just so that you get that view. Look there in verse 15. In verse 15. Notice in verse 15. No he's going to tell us what to love. But he's also telling us here something not to love. And so he says love not the world. Why? Because the world will not love you back. The world will not love you back, and therefore you're going to come up empty. You gave your love for something that can't love you back. Love money. Money can't love you back. So you can deplete your love for something, and it leaves you empty and doesn't satisfy. Why do you think so many Hollywood stars are not satisfied in life? How come so many of them, they... They got to have three or four guys they were running around with and sleeping with, and and all the money they got, and millions of dollars, and and none of them's happy. Because that's not where it is. You see, you got to love something that can love you back, or you got to get your love from somebody else. See, as long as you keep getting love from God, you can keep giving and giving. But if you give and you don't receive, then you'll come up dry and empty in your life. And so what you want is you want people to love you. Everybody likes to be liked. Why do you think on Facebook, everything it has on there is a like, 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 like? True? I just learned some of those things today. Yeah, like. Why do you want me to like I don't know why yet. I can not figured it all out, but everybody wants you to like it. How many people you got on Facebook? Oh, I got a million. Oh, I got two million. You're the same person whether they like it or not. What's your value between you and God. That's where you should focus on. Look at the next statement. Let it be. In 1 John 4 and verse 12. Look there in your notes. 1 John chapter 4 and verse 12. Now I'm looking the scriptures. In your Bible, 1 John chapter 4 and look in verse 12. Now look what he says. No man hath seen God at any time. If we love one another, God dwelleth in us and his love has been perfected in us. In other words... You're maturing in the Lord. We are children in the Lord. And in chapter 2, it talks about the different levels of your maturity. There's different levels of maturity. So when you don't know much and you don't love much, not as much is required. To whom much is given, much required. So as you grow in the Lord. Now, when your child is born in the house, you don't... (laughs) Look at that kid, you know, he's laying there in the crib... I expect you to cut the grass today and wash the car and, you know, and uh, do those dishes. Why don't you expect that kid to get out of bed and go do it? He's not capable. But you know in time you want to try to teach that kid and raise that kid till he gets at a certain level, and you give them responsibilities based upon their maturity, what they can handle. And you to learn a little bit more, you can do a little bit more. But sooner or later you expect a person to grow up and be an adult and do things for themselves. And a lot of times teenagers, well, I want to do it myself. I don't do whatever I want to do. My mother, when she was 14 years old, she wanted to get out of the house so bad. She was sick and tired of people telling her what she couldn't do. And just kind of like, she, said, I'm a slave, and I've had enough of it for my mama. She decided to get married. And the man she married was 31 years old, and she was 14. By the time she was 23, she had six kids. That woman never knew what freedom was. She jumped out of the frying pan into the fire. I was number three. It was all worth it then. But you see, you think you're running from something to get you out of something, and you just got in it. It's worse. So learn how to walk with the Lord, and God will teach you some of these things. Look there again in 1 John chapter 2. 1 John chapter 2. And look there in uh, verse 15. Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. For if any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. In other words, you're not loving God, and God's not loving. See, God's love doesn't cause you to love the world. When God says don't love the wrong thing, then God is not, God's love is not telling you to do it anyway. God's love doesn't tell you to go outside to the bonds of matrimony and have sex with somebody. I don't care how many times you've been married or divorced. Or God says it's wrong. Sex outside of marriage is what? Wrong. So God's love for you will not lead you to do that which is contrary to the word of God and to the love of God. So God always tells us the thing to do that would help us and to be a blessing to it. Because if you live long enough, you're going to be so glad you went ahead and obeyed the Lord. And to wait and be patient. It's better not to get married if it's going to make you that miserable for the rest of your life. It's better... To be single and happy than married and miserable. But this is not a marriage seminar. And we'll cover that some other time. All right. Look back here in your notes. In 1 John chapter 4 and verse 17. I want you to look at that in your Bible. Verse 17. Because we're talking about this love being perfected. So God says, after you trust him as your savior. Yes, you're his child. He's your father. Your father wants you to be like him. In the book of uh, Ephesians, in chapter 5, verse 1, be ye imitators of God. In other words, imitate God. So you want to follow somebody? Follow the Lord. Because He's perfect. And He won't fail you, won't let you down. But you go ahead and do what God wants you to do. Be patient, wait upon Him, learn as much as you possibly can about Him. And then learn to walk with Him. And so, He makes a statement in verse 17, Herein is our love made perfect that we may have boldness in the day of judgment, because as He is, so are we in this world. Look at verse 18. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casteth out fear, because fear hath torment. He that feareth is not made perfect in love. This whole book is about this subject, and it's to the children of God, and how that... We make choices in life. So God says, if you'll choose to do what I want you to do, then you'll learn to love the right things and people in the right way because I'm just loving them through you. But sometimes we don't care about what God wants. We're going to do whatever we want to do anyway. Well, that comes from our old sinful nature. And that's why we don't love. And our, our kind of love is uh, simple. It's um, I love you if you love me. You don't love me, I don't love you. Now, God's love doesn't do that. That's the human love. I love you as long as you do me right. You don't do me right, I hate you. And it's amazing how quickly so-called love can turn to hate. True? Some of you know I'm telling the truth. Some of you say, I don't know what he's talking about. Look at the next statement. Well, let's just look there at number two here. Number two, who or what is love? Who or what is love? Well, in First John chapter 4, look in verse 8. First John chapter 4 and verse 8. Look at that verse. God is love. Verse 8, He that loveth not knoweth not God. For God is love. If you don't learn how to love, you will never learn your heavenly Father until you get to heaven. But if you want to know the Lord better, then you'll have to learn how to love better. The way God would love. And because he so loved the world, we're supposed to what? Love the world. Everybody. God is not a respecter of persons. We should not be a respecter of persons. We should love and treat everybody the same way. And if you will do what God says do. See, God says, his son came into this world to seek and to save that which was lost. And he says, as the father hath sent me into the world, even so send I You. So if his son went, am I supposed to go? I'm supposed to go too. In other words, I'm supposed to be just like my, my elder brother. I'm heir with God and joint heirs with Christ. We're in the same family. we got the same job. I got a sign here somewhere that says Jesus was God's only son, but he was a missionary. He only had one son and he was a missionary. So if you think about, I wonder what I should do with my life. Maybe be a missionary. Because whether you do it or not, that's what God expects. God expects us to be missionaries. It may be wherever you work. It could be on the foreign field. It could be to your neighbor. So these things are important. Look at the next statement. Let it be there. Love is of God. In 1 John chapter 4, verse 7, where he says, Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God, and every one that loveth is born of God and knoweth God. So God wants you to learn something that you know you didn't know before. And just like a child learning to love their parents, that little baby that's born, you'd be surprised how many times that mom will pick up that little baby. I love you, 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 I love you. you. Probably hear those words more than anything else. And I wonder why the baby, the first thing he says is, mama. Look at the uh, next statement here. Does God's love, who does he love? He loves the world. God so loved the world. And he also says that when he died on the cross, he paid for the sins, not only of those who believe, but it was the propitiation for all sins. The whole world. See there in 1 John chapter 2 and verse 2. Verse 2 of chapter 2. And he is the propitiation, the satisfaction for our sins and not for ours only, but also for the sins of the what? Whole world. So God did not stop loving you just because you trusted him as Savior. It's like, okay, now you're saved. I'll see you when you you die and I'll see you when you get to heaven. Like he doesn't care about us. No, he loves you with an everlasting love. And he is working in your life, whether you see it or not. He will not desert you. He will not leave you. He said, I'll never leave you and never forsake you. So your father's always chasing around after you. He gave you the Holy Spirit to live within you. And so hopefully that um, the Holy Spirit takes the word of God and teaches us something. So when we do the things that we shouldn't do, there's a little guilt that comes in our mind. That ain't right. You know that's not right. And even though nobody else knows, you know God does, and God sees. And it should prick your heart to where you want to do the things that God wants you to do. I want you to very quickly to look there in the book of First Corinthians chapter nine. First Corinthians chapter nine. Hold your place where we are because I'll be coming back there anyway. First Corinthians and chapter nine. There's First Corinthians, then Second Corinthians and then third Corinthians. Right, First Corinthians in chapter 9, the Bible says that we have been given the gospel. That means the good news to tell people how they can have eternal life and go to heaven. So in verse 19, it says, for though I be free from all men. Free means I got the liberty to make a decision. God's going to let me choose. And so after we trust Christ as our Savior he set us free. We can choose. We can choose to obey Him. We can choose to disobey Him. But there's consequences to our decisions.
1: Grace amazes me.
0: Dr. Arnold has many
1: items to help you in your walk with the Lord, including videos, books, tracks, outlines to hundreds of sermons, over 4,000 radio messages, and preaching schedule. Once again, feel free to send Dr. Arnold your questions or comments to yankee at yankeearnold.com, and he will respond as quickly as possible. That's yankee at yankeearnold.com. You may help support this radio ministry by donating online at yankeearnold.com or by mail at Yankee Arnold Ministries, 7028 West Waters Avenue, Suite 316, Tampa, Florida, 33634. That's 7028 West Waters Avenue, Suite 316, Tampa, Florida, 33634. Thanks for listening to today's broadcast. We pray that today's message was a blessing to you and your family.
0: Friend, one day it will happen. The trumpet will sound, and we will be changed, caught up to meet the Lord in the air. So live today and every day believing that the Lord is coming soon and just keep looking up.
1: Amazing grace amazes me.